this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, we're talking about different things about how we can have hindrances in our life that oftentimes when we become believers and things don't happen the way we think we, they should, that there's some hindrances, and so we've been talking about them. So go with me to Book of Psalm, chapter 2. And I'm going to give you another hindrance tonight. Man, this one is good. This one has really started working on me on the inside. As you're turning to the second psalm, uh, all you parents that, that have kids in the, the youth group encounter, that deposit uh, for the encounter night is due. The $50, and I, I encourage you, try to do whatever you can to get that in, if you can. See Pastor Jimmy tonight, and then... I want to just throw this out. If you're a man or a woman that is older than 25, and the reason I'm saying 25, because you've got to be at least 25 to drive our vans. But we are in need to have van drivers on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights to, to drive over here to Women's Protective Service. we got a bunch of ladies that really, really desire to come to church. And we got to go get them. So if any of you would like to volunteer for that, and we won't make you do it every week. It ought to be a ministry to you anyhow, but if you can help us with that, just, just see my wife or Matt or myself, and we'll get you going on that. Okay, Psalm chapter 2, verse number 8. Psalm 2, verse 8. He says here, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. Now let me back up, and I want to read verse 7 and verse 8 together. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. The word begotten means it's your birthday. And he said, it's your birthday today. And then he gives us this great invitation, and he says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations. Now, the key to that right there was asked. The message says, the Lord said, what do you want? Name it. Now, when I look right here and he says here, ask of me. How many things in our life or how many doors of our life have never been open because we refuse to ask? And I believe you'll, you'll get this tonight and, and this becomes a hindrance because we grow up in life with this thing called the don't ask rule. And you'll be able to relate to this. Oftentimes when you're in school growing up, you would see a a math formula or problem or science or something, and you didn't understand it, but God forbid that you would ask, I don't understand it. And and you know why we do that? Because we don't want people to think we're stupid. And so we don't ask through school. Man, I remember those times. And then before long, you go out into the workforce and you get a job and they give you a job description, but you don't fully understand the job description, so you don't ask them what they mean because, once again, you don't want to feel stupid. So ultimately, I can't do my job like I'm supposed to and I lose my job. And then we carry that right on into marriage. How many of you have ever thought your spouse was a mind reader? Well, Lord Shelley should know those things. I shouldn't have to ask her. But the opposite side of this is, I want her to ask me things, but yet I don't want to ask her. 
And so ultimately when you start seeing this, this spills over into my relationship with God. We, we carry this thought, well, God knows. He knows. But here's a couple thoughts for you on the area of asking. You don't ever get born again or you get saved until what? You ask Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. Well, duh, Jesus ought to know why I want him to be the Lord of my life, so why should I ask him? Because once again, the word ask declares, I've given him permission to move in my life. And it's important that we understand, I've got to give God permission. Now let's go to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and you will begin to see this over and over that he reiterates this stuff. And so the goal for us to be when we leave here tonight is we're going to be master askers. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. I'm going to say, man, I need to know that, Lord. I'm going to ask that. I want that. I desire that. And he loves it because he's the very one who gives us the invitation. He said, ask of me and I'll give you the nations. James uh, chapter 1. Let's begin in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. Now, how many of you have ever been in a situation where you knew you didn't have any wisdom, but you didn't ask of the Lord? Often, you know what we'll do? We'll pick up the phone and call someone and say, man, I need help. And there's nothing wrong with that. But yet, right here, the Lord said that if you lacks wisdom, just let him ask of me. And then he carries on and goes forward and he says, ask of God who gives to all, and you can highlight the word all, liberally generously and without reproach and that word reproach means without mocking ridiculing scolding insulting or condescending and so God's not going to pop you and say stupid he's not going to so it says he gives all who ask and, and he gives liberally without reproach and it will be given to him so as you look at this here understand God doesn't rebuke you for asking. And so he's desiring us to ask, and he's wanting to move in your life. He's wanting to give you wisdom. So we jump to verse 6. But let him ask in faith. So we backpedal a little bit. Number one, he tells me i got to ask, but now he gets into it a little deeper, and he says, but we must ask in faith. And so... It's one thing to believe in God's existence, but it's a whole other thing to believe that God cares for me and God wants to help me. So when you go into this, he said, don't not only ask, but get over to the place where you ask in faith. And that means I'm going to trust God that he hears me and he'll answer me. So he says, ask in faith with no doubting. Now, one of the best definitions of the word doubting I can give you is when I doubt, it's as if I have a a divided loyalty. Oftentimes, we treat God, His his word, like a human being's opinion. And when I get a human being's opinion, let's just say Raul gives me his opinion. You know what I can do with that opinion? I can take it or leave it. 
And that's exactly what doubting does when we doubt what Father God says. It's if we say, well, you know what? I can take it or leave it. Well, you can, but it's not good. It's not going to be good at all. So he says, doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the waves. Now, I love to spend time in the ocean. And I've been in the ocean at times where the, the waves are, I mean, they're massive. And when you get in the ocean, you almost have to get a point of reference where you start. And so a lot of times, I'll get in front of the, the lifeguard's booth, and I'll know, I'm starting right here at number 8. And so when you're the, in the ocean and you're just p- piddling around, those waves begin to mock, uh, move you. They toss you and move you. And before long, without even noticing it or, or, or feeling it, you're down by lifeguard number two. And you think, how did that happen? See, that's exactly what happens when we start doubting the Word of God. And so the thing is that when I ask in faith, I allow the Word of God to be my anchor. And it anchors me in front of lifeguard number eight. And when the waves pop me, I don't move. And when it tosses me and moves me to it, I don't move. Because I'm standing on the Word of God. That God said that if I'll ask for wisdom and I'll ask in faith and believe that I receive, then He'll move in my life. Verse 7, now listen real close to this. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. So he's telling me, listen, if you're going to ask but be double-minded, you're not going to receive anything. And so he's warning us here that if I'm not careful, I vacillate between the world's ideas and God's Word. And he's saying, if you do that, it's not going to be good. Just a couple pages to your right, James chapter 4. James 4. Let's begin in verse number 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? So he's asking me this question. Where do these wars, these fights, these battles come from? And he's asking this question. And then he says, do they not come for your desire for pleasures? That war in your members or they battle within you. And so he's telling me here that there's things that take place in every one of us on the inside of us. And there's this battle for pleasure. I want pleasure. I want pleasure. I want to have fun. Verse 2. You lust and you do not have. You murder and you covet. Now, right here what he begins to talk about is there are some conflicts that start taking place within us. And these battles that take place within us are a lot of times based off of money, possessions, status, and even recognition. And all of a sudden, something starts churning up on the inside of me, and he says here that you lust and you don't have. So you lust and you scheme, and because you don't have, he says you do this next. You murder. You, you, you kill. And because you don't get what you want, then you ultimately covet or you're jealous is what he's talking about. And in verse 2 he says, 
and you cannot obtain. So because you're trying to do all these things, you're working and you're scheming and you're plotting and you're trying to figure out everything you can in your own ability. He says, you're not going to obtain. That's not the way it's going to do it. You fight and you war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Now, in this right here, James zeroes in on the problem. And one of the most common problems that hinder us from getting God to answer our prayers, we just don't ask. And I believe I'm safe to say probably every one of us in here has done this. We will try to do everything and anything we can, but sometimes we just don't ask. And God's looking down there like, just ask me. So he says, you don't ask. Verse 3. Now look what he gets into next. You ask, but you don't receive. And that's happened to every one of us. We've asked and we didn't receive. Now, this will answer one of the questions why. You ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss. Now, that word amiss means you, you ask with evil or improper or selfish intentions. And when he talks about his here, he's saying, really, the New Living puts it the best way, you ask with the wrong motives. What would be a wrong motive? Anytime when everything I always ask Father God about is me, 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 that begins to locate me that I'm selfish. And all I'll ever ask about is me, 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 me. And I believe that's one of the, the best things about when you develop a prayer life. You learn to pray for other people. And that's part about being with the kingdom. And so when you look here, the number two problem that he's talking about here is you ask amiss. So first of all, we don't ask. Number two, when we do ask, we ask for the wrong motives. And he ends there in verse, verse 3, and he says, You do not receive because you ask, ask miss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now verse 4 gets into the third problem, and I'm just going to hit it real quickly. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is an enemy with God? So when I look at the word adulterer or adulteresses, you know what that tells me? That's a person that's cheated. He hadn't been truthful. And so God brings it back to us, and he's saying, listen, part of the reason I don't ask, answer your prayers is, number one, you don't ask. Number two, you ask because you're selfish. Or number three, you come into my presence, and you haven't given me your whole heart. The only time you come around, and this may offend you, but so be it. We treat God like a sugar daddy. The only time I come around Father God is when I say, gimme, 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 gimme. But yet I don't live for him on a daily basis. And so he begins to deal with this stuff here. And, and it's as he's saying, listen, if, if, if your motive for asking is simply because you're selfish or your motive for asking is always about me, it's not going to happen. The only way you can be forgiven is to ask him. 
Confess your sins and say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you need strength tonight? He said, ask him. Ask me. How many of you need restoration tonight? He said, ask me. How many of you are needing direction tonight? He said, ask me. How many of you need peace tonight? He says, ask me. And all, a lot of times, you know what we do? We say, well, God's all-knowing. He knows everything that I need. Why do I have to ask Him? And when I look at that, God doesn't move based upon what we assume He should do. God only moves on the basis of what He says He'll do and when we ask Him to do it. See, if God did everything based on what we assume He should do, everybody in the world would be saved. Why isn't everybody in the world saved? Because people don't ask Him to come into their heart and God won't override that. God won't do that. He won't just bust down the doors and say, you know what, as bad as I want to save you, I still can't do that. Now, turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 11. Luke, chapter 11. And we're going to get into this a little bit more because I believe God wants us all to become black belts in asking. Where I mean we go at it. And, and, and I believe this verse here will, will show you this. Luke 11, verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. So he, he used these three words here, and he says, ask, seek, and knock. Now, in the Greek, every one of those refer to a continuous asking a continuous seeking, a continuous knocking. So it tells me right there, God doesn't get tired of me asking when I ask in faith and I come in the name of Jesus. And so he, he gives me permission here and he says, ask, ask. And he goes on to say in verse 10, for everyone who asks, and I love the word everyone, receives and he who seeks finds and to him knocks, it will be open. God wants us to ask. See, when I read that, you know what I believe this? God wants to upgrade every one of our lives. He wants to give you more peace. He wants to give you more joy. But he said, man, ask me, ask me. Ask me. Make it a habit of asking God. You know, uh, years ago that uh, me and the, the other pastors that speak at the Men of Iron, we were all together and we were staying at this motel and so they were giving out room keys and I was staying with my brother and the other ones went to their room and my brother looked at me and he said, Hey, let's see if they'll upgrade our room. So me and him, we went back up to the counter and real courteously but boldly said, Hey, dude, can you upgrade our room? And he said, Man, I don't know if I can do that. We said, You can do it. Come on, you can do it. The voice of persuasion. And he said, Okay, I'll do it. Well, he upgrades us into this Sweet, that's unbelievable. I mean, me and my brother walked in and it was so awesome. It was one of those rooms that they had robes on the bed for us. So we put those robes on me and him. And so he calls those other pastors and said, Hey, boys, why don't you come up to room 888? So they come strolling in. And when they come strolling in and seeing us in our robes in the room, one of them said, Wow, why didn't we get a room like this? And I said, Because you didn't ask. 
And it's the same with Father God. A lot of times God's saying, listen, I want to upgrade you. I want you to experience more of me. I want you to experience But you got to ask. Now, as we finish here in Luke 10, watch the comparison here that he uses. Verse 11. Luke 11, 11. If a son asks for a bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? No. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? No. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. Verse 13. If you then, being evil or evil-minded, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, what he's getting into here, Jesus is comparing the love of a parent to, to just a little bit of a degree of the love of the Father. Now, the love of a parent in here, the love of a father, and all you fathers in here, you know that Man, your goal in life was you wanted to provide for your children, whether it was shelter, food, or clothing. And, and man, any time your kids came and said, Daddy, look, my shoes got holes in them. I got to get a new pair of shoes. You would do anything you could to make that happen. But in this situation, he's saying even though that you're being good to them and you're evil-minded, you're evil-natured, How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, you know why he uses that analogy in the Holy Spirit? It was between the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Those are the two greatest gifts that God could give you. He had already given His Son, and now He wants to give the Holy Spirit. And so it's interesting here that Father God would say, the best gift I have... I'll give to the ones who will ask. Woo, I ask you, Father God, fill me with the Spirit of God tonight. I welcome that. And so you begin to sense right here, just through these verses, God loves when we come in here and ask. God loves when you pray for things, especially when you get in line with the Word of God and you base your prayers off the Bible. And I got one more scripture I've got to show you where you see that. Go with me to uh, 1 John chapter 5. And God loves to bless us. He wants to take care of us. First John, way back there in the back, chapter 5. Just two verses here tonight. I want to give you off of this. But begin to find scripture that you can base your prayer life on. And then begin to pray in agreement with that and stand on that and say, Father God, you said, you said that when I asked. See, God's not against healing you. Jesus has already paid for that price. But oftentimes, we don't ever ask Him. Say, Father God, I welcome your healing power through your Son. I welcome wisdom today. How many of you in this room believe that God orders people's steps? The the Bible's very clear that the, the, the steps of a righteous man, God's orders. But how many of you have ever asked God to order your steps? God says He wants to. God said, the steps of a righteous man I'll order, but... Does God want to save us? Yeah, but it's again, again, i got to ask Him. And so, so many times, even when it comes to ordering my steps, so what I find myself doing, man, I'll hop in my pickup in the mornings on the way here, and I'll say, Father God, I welcome you today. I ask you to order my steps today. 
I ask you for your favor today. You know, Psalms 5.12 says, He blesses His righteous and His favor surrounds me like a shield. I can find that biblically in the Scriptures, but how many times have I gone to the Lord and said, Father God, I ask you today, bless me as your righteous, and I ask you to pour your favor upon me. See, all I'm doing is I'm, I'm giving Him permission to do what He's already declared in His Word that He wants to do. There's no doubt He wants to do it because He's written it. This is what I want to do for you. 1 John 5, verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That verse right there tells me that I can come into the house of God. I can come into His presence with confidence. And my confidence comes that I ask Him according to His will, which is His Word. So when I find stuff that's written in the Word of God, not only do I ask Him, I ask Him in confidence. Years back when I had all that issue with my sleep and my sleepwalking, did I believe it was God's will that I sleep well at night? Well, I had to find His will in the Bible. I found verse after verse after verse, Psalms 127 to uh, Proverbs 3.24, Psalms 4 and 8. Every one of them talk about how he'll bless you with good sleep. So I found his will in the Bible for my life pertaining to sleep. But just because I found his will didn't mean it was automatic. So you know what you got to do? You got to go back there and you say, Father God, you said in Psalms 127.2 that you'll give your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. So right now, I ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, bless me with sweet and peaceful sleep tonight. And because of the Word of God right there, it brought a confidence that God cannot lie, that His Word doesn't ever change. So you can go to God in confidence. And then in verse 15 he says, and if we know, look at that, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we'd have already asked him. And so part of this goes back where, man, I just keep saying, Father God, I thank you and I ask you again today for this. And it never bothers God because we go back to Luke 11 where he said, He who asks, he who seeks, and he who knocks. And remember, it refers to a continuous. So I get in those presents and I ask God and I continue to say, Father God, I thank you tonight you're working in my life. And I ask you to bless me with, with sweet and peaceful sleep. I ask you to bless me with favor today. And so much of that takes place when we get into a setting where I'm comfortable asking Father God. I'm comfortable asking my natural dad growing up, Dad, I need some new shoes. I didn't go in there and get on the floor and beg and say, Oh, Daddy, give me some new shoes. You don't have to do that with Father God. You're a son but something happens when I come into the setting and I begin to ask him. I say, Father God, I want to I I receive the things you have for me. And so in this right here, look at your life. Is there something in your life right now that's going on that you need help in an area? Yeah, every one of us in here needing help in some area. But take the time to find places in the Bible and then begin to ask him and say, okay, Lord, okay. And understand this also. There's a thing when we ask God called a timing issue. 
And part of that is, Father God knows best. I've asked for things a lot of years in my life, but when I started first asking them, if I would have got them when I first started asking him, I would have backslid. I would have got over into sin. You know why? Because God knew that boy doesn't have any character or integrity to keep him there. But now over the years and years and years, there's things I've prayed for for 20 and 30 years that I'm seeing come to pass right now. And it's not because God has got a tight fist and he's a stingy gut. Have you ever heard that, stingy gut? No. We used to say that all the time. So. But God's not that way. God wants to bless you, but understand this. God knows certain things that if he gave it to you right now, you wouldn't do good with it. And so it becomes a trust issue. But I will tell you this. When you begin to ask God, say, Father God, I ask you today to fill me with love. He'll bombard you with love. Father God, I ask you today, fill me with mercy. I ask you today, Father God, fill me with self-control. Man, He will begin to work because those are the fruit of the Spirit. You can find every one of those in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So if you're needing love, ask Him. If you're needing peace, ask Him. If you're needing joy, ask Him. If you're needing patience... Have you ever thought about asking God for patience? It's almost like we look and we say, Father God, I'm not going to waste my asking on patience. Man, I need patience every day. Self-control. Father God, I ask you today for goodness, kindness, gentleness, and if you, you, you dwell in the area of pride, Father God, fill me with meekness, and I'm going to tell you right now, He'll begin to work in your life. You better get a hard hat on because they're going to be falling debris off you. He'll start working and cutting that junk off. But it comes with those things that I learned to ask. Why don't you stand up here? So, in saying that, probably safe to say this tonight, that every one of us in this room, this has been a hindrance at times. I just won't ask. But I'm getting better. Getting better. Or something. I'm going to ask. I'm going to bombard you, Lord. So let's just bow our heads in here. Let's pray right now. Father God, we love you in here right now. And Lord, I know you're aware of every one of us in this room. Every circumstance, every situation, every predicament, every need, every hurt, every pain. And you say right now, ask. I'm just waiting for you to ask. And so, Lord, right now I pray that you, you fill us with just a confidence to know that we're your children and that you hear us and your desire is to help us. And, Lord, I pray that all over this room that we follow you in this unlike any other time and we give you glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, years, this is many moons ago, but when I was in college, I... I didn't ever do real good in school. And it wasn't because I wasn't smart. I was just lazy. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know that I ever made straight A's, even in kindergarten. I don't know if I ever did. And I, I got to school, going to college, and I'd gotten born again, and God had done something in me, and even in that area. And he, he challenged me to start living with the spirit of, of excellence. So I remember one semester, I had a bunch of ologies. Psychology, physiology, sociology, stupidology, whatever they all were. And I started struggling. 
And I was sitting there studying one time for a test, and the Lord said to me, he said, why don't you ask me to help you? I thought, well, that'd be a novel idea. And I heard him again real clear say, I want to help you. And he said to me, he said, I'll bring stuff back to remembrance even in this area if you'll just ask me to help. I want to help you. So before I'd go to class, I'd go walking in there and say, Lord, I ask you to help me today. Help me to pay attention. My mind would drift. You know, usually I was on the football field. I was always somewhere. But he began to help me. And I'll never forget that semester. I made straight A's. I never made straight A's in my life. And it was such a big deal. I told my dad, I said, Dad, I made straight A's. And he said, I'll only believe it when I see your report card. So, you know, these are a bunch of college students. I applaud you guys for being here on Wednesday nights. But I say that even in little areas in your life, start asking him. Just ask him. I better quit or I'll start telling you stories about my life. I started asking, bless all of you, but get in this habit because he eats it up. He really does. And understand, just in our own life, we have family members, we have friends. We're not mind readers. Start asking. and God will bless you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.